women, one podcast, a hard stack of romance novels. Welcome to the Kinky Ladies Book Club. I'm Amanda, here with my sexy friends, Deonta. Hi. And Nicole. Hello. Unfortunately, uh, Kayla didn't do well enough in school and her parents um, didn't pay her tuition, so she was not able to pay for her internet service, so she is sitting in a cold, dark apartment by herself. We wish her luck. If only she could find her very own Patrick to help her out. Stay warm, Kayla. (laughs) Today we are reading uh, Priceless, a dark college romance by Miranda Silver. Mind games, humiliation, control, schedules, him, me. I think you're going to be the perfect playmate. I'm not perfect. I'm not stunning or noble. I'm not a heroine. You're priceless. I'm just a girl. You were made for me. And he's a cold bastard who's paying me for sex. (laughs) Uh, Full disclosure to everybody listening. uh, Didn't read this because I saw how long it was and it was too late in the week and I just gave up. So uh, can't wait to hear how this is going to go. Makes me very scared already for all of my my students. I hope they all have money and jobs. I have a couple of reviews again. I didn't read it. (laughs) So here we go. Um, I have a three star by Christina W. Good steamy book with a dominant submissive type relationship. This book definitely packs some heat. I like the whole dominant submissive relationship between the two main characters. Sometimes I felt the story was missing something and there was there were some noticeable errors in the ebook version. Overall, I think it was a decent romance with some good smut, but I just felt it lacked something I was seeking. I give it three and a half stars if I could do half stars. I always love it when they're just like vague about what it is they don't like about it. It's like something was something was off. Like vibes were off, you know? Yes, the wrong vibe for the wrong moment. I've got five five-star reviews. But I found them all through that, like, search for keywords, and I just clicked on the dark and twisted, and it gave me (laughs) five reviews that have that exact phrase in them. So I'm just going to read every sentence that contains (laughs) this one specific phrase from five five star reviews. Yeah. So the first one from Michelle, five stars. It's hot, steamy, dark and twisted, but also so sweet. And then Jill S, also five stars. Their story is dark and twisted and deeply sensual. Okay. Then we have Gigina, who also gave it five stars. uh, And she said, Patrick and Christina are fuel and fire. Together, it was an explosion of chemistry and lust, dark and twisted. But as the story progresses, is so much more. And we have Jennifer, who says that uh, I do not want to give too much away, but this book is dark and twisted. (laughs) And we also have, let's see, Wendy Livingstone, five stars. She says this story has it all in spades. This is raw, gritty, intense, dark, twisted, and with a dirty talker and off-the-charts chemistry, which all leads to an all-around powerful read. I didn't think that sentence was going to keep going. Yeah, so everyone who who, uh, thought this story was dark, twisted, uh, give it five stars. 
know if it was dark and twisted. It was like a darker romance, but like I would say pretty tame versus some other ask, stuff. Is it twisted? No. Or is <laughs> no. I mean, there's like a lot of like humility. It's mostly like humiliation kink yeah. and like praise kink, which like that's fine. I don't know. I'm pretty familiar with, so I don't think it's that kinky. I love me a good praise kink. Yeah, me too. It is kinky. Humiliation kink also pretty hot, but it's not like they're not like putting nails it's, through each other's fingernails or anything like that. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't sound like too off of what, like, like mainstream BDSM sort of. It Not even. The sex yeah. itself was pretty tame. There's like one spanking scenario. Um, There's <laughs> one hand tying scenario. One hand tying oh scenario. One, two role playing scenarios. Is anybody blindfolded at any point? They're in a pitch black room at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I don't know blindfolded, but they're in a pitch black room where they're doing the Little Red Riding Hood, Big Bad Wolf role play okay. scenario. That's interesting. <laughs> Can't wait to hear about that. I wish that scene was uh, more detailed, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I didn't think the sex was particularly twisted. Um, I didn't, other than like a, a humiliation kink, it wasn't super. Yeah, I mean dark. the the like dirtiest part of the whole thing was like the dirty talk that yeah. they did. Like the actual sex itself was like vanilla sex yeah yeah the sex was sex he's just trying to say stuff to make her cry the whole time that's all okay that's all okay take it away (laughs) (laughs) christina ramirez wakes up after falling asleep in class much to her dismay she is a junior in college she is addicted to adderall she is flat broke because she spent all of her money partying and buying food and things for her friends. People call her the pizza girl um, because when she goes to parties, she would buy pizza for everybody to make people like her. Um, she owes her dealer, Marcus, a few hundred dollars. Um, she recently quit the cheerleading team. Uh, she says it's because she didn't want the responsibility anymore and that college is for partying and having fun. But really, it's because she was going to get kicked off anyway because her grades were so bad. And she got a little chubby, so she was embarrassed. She didn't fit into her uniform. Yeah, she got a little chubby because she was drinking too much. She didn't fit into her uniform anymore. That's the thing they never tell you when you start drinking is that there's mm-hmm. so much so much sugar in it. Yep. Um, the power is off at her apartment um, and it is the middle of winter. So it's very cold. So it is dark and cold in her apartment because she couldn't pay the utility bill. Uh, she has what I would consider to be the world's shittiest best friend, uh, Sydney, who is the worst and won't let her stay at her place uh, or give her any money, even though Christina always pays for stuff, always lets her stay over, do it at basically Christina bends over backwards for this girl who doesn't give a shit about her at all. Uh, She also has a roommate named Amelia, who, when the power went off, went to go stay at her boyfriend's place, uh, but left behind her cat, Petal. Uh, She recently broke up with her shitty boyfriend, Dexter, who is in a band and has never made her come. She has less than $20 to her name and needs to get some money ASAP to get her lights back on and pay off Marcus because she owes him a bunch of money and he won't give her any more Adderall on credit and she is almost out. Christina also has shitty parents who love her perfect sister more than her, expect too much, um, and I personally think she should go no contact with them, but I'm not running her life, so. They are paying her rent, though, aren't they? 
Yeah, they yeah. are the worst people. Yeah. <laughs> but like I could see I see that as the moment of like stopping you from going no contact because then you you're really fucked because they're still after college after college she should i think never speak to them again personally um her life is falling apart and every single person around her is a piece of shit except for marcus who seems to be the only person who cares for her uh her adderall dealer is like the only one who's like hey you i think are taking too much adderall and like you don't look so good like are you okay (laughs) He's great. He like low key he's, one of my uh, favorite characters in the book. He's good. the best that character. Like a, that sounds like a dealer that's a keeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a keeper. He's dealer. a very nice boy. Stick to that also one. completely platonic too. No, like there's and not... also let her buy drugs on credit. Like yeah, yeah. let her buy the Adderall. You can't on just credit. like you can't just like cold turkey Adderall in the middle of college. You'll fucking really fail out. Oh yeah, he like helps her like quit too. Like hey, here's how yeah. you're gonna quit. And I'll like mm-hmm. give you this much to help you quit later. It's we'll get great. you on the schedule. He's like the least sleazy of all of the guys that she comes across. He he literally is like, hey, like, do you need help in our like classic lit class? Like, cause you're falling asleep. Like <laughs> he like has a schedule at one point where he's like, you bought this many Adderall on December 21st, and it is now January. 30th and you should have this many Adderall left and you don't why don't you have that many Adderall left how many you're taking per day and she's like please don't schedule out my life for me thank you Marcus <laughs> I like Marcus at his spreadsheet he sounds like a man after my own heart he does like trick her into thinking he's like way more broke than he is at one point because he's like you're not paying me and like has like a skinny wallet and then when she pays him he's like cool like everyone else has been paying me this was just a ploy to get you to pay me on time I'm not broke <laughs> so she is in the quad um on the phone with Sydney trying to tell her that she needs help but Sydney is an asshole who doesn't care about anyone but herself um and she's talking to Sydney about how her apartment is dark and cold and she has no money and how like you know she doesn't want to be with Dexter anymore he never made her come and across the quad is Patrick, the sexiest motherfucker alive, who she met very briefly at a party a few months ago. Uh, He is close enough to overhear her conversation, and he stares at her with her crystal blue eyes, and she gets all gushy about it. She runs around the corner to cry um, and sees um, an invite to a frat party with a message written on it from Patrick, uh, written on it uh, to meet him at 11. It's his frat party. Kappa Sigma, I think, is the name of the frat who cares? Chapter two is mostly a flashback um, to the frat party back in, I think, November, December, uh, when she met Patrick. Uh, her childhood friend James is also in this frat, which is why she was at the party. Um, and she's like immediately super attracted to Patrick, looks him up online, has been thinking about him over the past several weeks. His crystal blue eyes haunt her dreams. She <laughs> goes to the Kappa Sigma party. Go ahead. <laughs> the whole like flashback too where they're like clearly like i fucking across the dance floor like this is a mm-hmm. regency era like romance and her immediate thought is like he looks too dangerous like i can't i can't trust him i can't like be with him like and i'm like i'm sorry you just looked at this motherfucker and you were like no you looked at this 22 year old white boy and you're like he's too dangerous he's too dangerous <laughs> admittedly the next time they interact and they exchange words, I'm like, yeah, this motherfucker's definitely a serial killer. But like... yeah. So wait, he's 22? Yeah. I think they both I are. Guess. He's he's a senior. Oh, for some reason, 
I was expecting him to be older. Because his name is no, Patrick Senior. Yeah. <laughs> his name is Patrick and he's supposed to be dangerous. And I'm like, I've never met a 22 year old boy where I'm like, oh, you're you're real trouble. Like at least not one that went to university. You know what I mean? I was going to say I have, but the one that I knew cooked meth. Yes. So he was not in <laughs> he was not in school. <laughs> and I wasn't afraid of him. He was just not a person that you should hang out with. <laughs> yeah, those I've met those. I've yeah. not so much met the the ones where like where I would see them across the room and be like, Ooh, you know, no. You know, he's 22. I guess she's probably 20 or 21 because um, she's a junior. Uh, so, yeah, she goes to the Kappa Sigma party, meets up with her friend James, who's at the frat, uh, drinks a bit and asks James about Patrick. Um, she goes up to him um, and they have like some sexually charged conversation, um, play some darts. Patrick doesn't drink, but he does get sexy real fast. Uh, and Christina is totally fucking into him. They have like a super sexually charged conversation and he tells her that he is looking for a quote unquote companion. He wants to fuck her his way in his room for money on a regular basis. And she thinks he's fucking crazy. <laughs> but he, yeah, he says he doesn't want a girlfriend. He doesn't want a prostitute. He wants an exclusive sex only relationship and he wants to pay her for it. So the lines don't get crossed about what they're doing there. It's not a friends with benefits. Isn't he's paying for it. She's still, giving it. That's just still sex work, isn't it? Yes. But he does he like, not want wanna... a professional. Okay. That's, yes, this is absolutely sex work. She's <laughs> doing sex sketchy. work. He do, I want he a sex does not worker, want someone... but I don't want one who knows like how. Yeah. how who knows that goes. $100 a night is not enough money. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that another thing that Marcus points out to her later? Or is it her sister? I think it's this. It's her sister who's like, that's not even minimum wage. What the fuck are you doing with yourself? <laughs> she's like you shoot i think her sister's like a hundred dollars an hour and she's like oh no i stayed overnight and she was like that's like 10 hours that's not enough money always value your labor Mm -hmm. always value your labor he's a little bit self-aware though that like what he wants to do is like yeah uh no one's gonna willingly say yes to this so i need to face um and he really does want to specifically pay her because he remembers that night back in November when they locked eyes across the dance floor and he's been thinking about it the whole time too. He is into some rough and freaky stuff, he says, but he promises that she will like it and she will always come despite her protests that a lot of the time she cannot come and no one's ever made her come before. He says, don't you fucking worry about that. Not going to be a problem. The arrangement would be three nights a week, $100 a night, 200 for the first time. And then she can decide whether or not she wants to do it you know, long-term after the first night. She is scared, but turned on like crazy and says $200 really isn't enough for the first time. (laughs) Um, So they walk to the ATM. Yeah, she was like, $200 is not enough. I would like double that, please. And he's like, fine, sure. So they walk to the ATM. He gets $400 in 20s out. Um, and they talk a little bit about like why he wants to use the money because he wants to make it clear where the line is and who they are to each other. They have a super hot makeout sesh where he rubs the money all over her nipples and she's all humiliated and embarrassed and turned on by it, which they both are super into. Um, he obviously knows that he's into the humiliation kink. She's just kind of finding this out about herself. He carries her back to the fret 
carries her up the stairs and into their room where they have the most amazing sex. He has a huge dick. Uh, the sex scene is really good, I think. I like the sex scenes in this book. Um, I think they're well-written. I thought they were sexy. So yeah, lots of hum- humiliation. King, she is scared, um, like likes the pain of it and like can't stop coming. Um, he gets off on her crying and being uncomfortable. On the note of like that the sex scenes are good and well-written, um, that I believe this is the scene where he's like, how wet are you right now? And I went, huh, uh, just thinking of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, and he, and she's just like, wet. And he's like, no, how wet? Uh, and then he like fingers her and he's like, you told me you were very wet. He found my clit and pressed in through the sopping fabric. I don't think that describes what's going on down here. You're dripping. You're fucking soaked. You're a river of girl cum. A river of girl cum. Girl cum. Yeah, it was really something. Yeah. Girl cum. Girl cum. That's a good name for a band. We're river of girl girl. cum. Yeah. It's very we are lady parts. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, They do have a uh, safe word, of course. It's evergreen. If she ever gets uncomfortable. Yeah, he rubs her down with the money and uses his huge dick to probably have the best sex I think anyone's ever had in the world. She cannot stop coming. She's having the best time. Uh, He gives her the option to stay over once they're done um, so that she doesn't have to walk home or get a taxi in the middle of the night because he says, I'm not driving you home. (laughs) You can stay here. She also doesn't want to go home to a cold, dark apartment by herself because she is afraid of the dark. Um, she reluctantly agrees. She stays over and he says that she has 24 hours to decide if she wants to do this. She has a nightmare in his bed in the middle of the night about her cold, dark apartment. Cause like I said, she is very afraid of the dark. Um, she had a really hard time being there and he like snuggles her close and it's like, it's okay. In the morning, he makes her breakfast in bed of all the things that she said that she likes. He makes her eggs and oatmeal and serves it on, um, a tray that she actually bought for that kitchen. Um, it was a cookie tray that she bought when she made cookies for the frat. Cause that's what she does. She makes cookies and buys pizza for everyone. All the boys in the frat call her cookie girl. Nobody appreciates it. So no one appreciates girl, it. And she's cookie girl. Yeah. And yep. she's broke as shit. And nobody yep. will let her stay over in their house with heating and light. Right. Correct. Right. She, she mm-hmm. only knows garbage people. Everyone at this college is a piece of shit. Yeah, they're all <laughs> shitty, shitty teens and 20 year olds like horrible yep assholes while he's down in the kitchen she does a bit of snooping around his room finds pictures of his family and a painting of a woman that she assumes he probably did a patrick says that she was perfect uh that the night the night before and that he had a really great time and she reveals that she's never perfect she's always the runner-up to her older sister because no one can get over how pretty her older sister is and how perfect she is and what a nice girl she is and everyone loves her more than her it's really sad (laughs) and patrick makes her look in the mirror and tells her how she doesn't look perfect because she's not a nice girl like her sister and he fingers her and makes her watch it really hot he drives her home in his rusty old car and when she asks about music he says his favorite kind of music is the sound of silence which is funny because she thinks it means he doesn't like music but also his favorite kind of music is the sound of silence she says like what's your favorite music or like do you like to listen like what do you like to listen to he's like this is my favorite song 
he okay. says the sound of silence. And she and just doesn't like, know that that's a song. Yeah. She's like, fine. And like Boy. stops talking to him. <laughs> she has no context for like who Simon and Garfunkel are. And I'm just like, how? How did you make it? Like, even then, it's a very, I feel like that's just a song that people know. Even if you don't really know who Simon and Garfunkel are, you know the song. True. You know the song. And she's just like, all right, fine. You just don't listen to music. Great. And he's like, that was a weird interaction. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, I once had a classroom full of students and only two of them had like knew who Jane Austen was. And I was like, what is happening? Ugh. This is wrong. That's terrifying. That's so weird. None of them. It's just crazy. So, you know, kids these days, I guess. <laughs> kids these days. Kids these days. They don't know who Jane Austen is. They don't know the sound of silence. I love from his point of view, though, like how weird that must have been, where he was like, oh, I just, I just genuinely told you my favorite song and you got all weird about it. <laughs> yeah, maybe she just fucking really? hates Simon and Garfunkel. That's a bummer. <laughs> Yeah, they talk about how she ran out of money because she was buying other people things. And he said, wow, your friends really fucking suck, huh? They all treat you like a bank and you buy people things to make them like you. And she's like, fucking leave me alone. In simpler terms, it, they're basically doing like a sex therapy sort of a thing. Like they never say that, but like every time he like tells her something or she tells him something really shitty about her life and like all of her insecurities, they like work through it via sex. Like he fucks her while saying that, like people don't respect her and she's like fuck yeah i'm coming <laughs> he's like an econ major he should be a psychology major he should be I mean, a psychology major yeah i mean i feel like that sounds in some situations quite effective actually mm-hmm. is he kind of guess like maybe this comes up later but so he's just really really rich and is he like a broken man or is that coming later like what's going on <laughs> coming later okay <laughs> <laughs> he's just a broken man so yeah she has until 1 a.m to call him and say we're doing this if she doesn't call by 1 a.m he is assuming that they are not going through with their three days a week deal so he drops her off in town so that she can pay her utilities and she does that she pays her utilities she gets herself a little coffee treat uh, and goes home to find that her apartment is nice and warm her roommate Amelia is still not home and she pets Petal the cat, who seems very nice. Little Petal has been all alone in the cold, dark house by herself. Christina goes out to dinner with Sydney. Oh, Ashley and Maria are the other two. They're like the, the shittiest trio. It's Sydney, Ashley and Maria. Those are like her three girlfriends. Um, they go out to dinner and then they go out to some girl's birthday party. Um, and she wants to leave early um because she has to go see marcus and then she has to go to patrick so she's leaving at like 11 o'clock and everyone is really shitty to her because they want her to stay and buy them pizza and she's like yeah i can't do that tonight and they're like what the fuck do you mean we want pizza so she goes to marcus's to pay him back and buy more adderall um they take victorian literature together that's how she met him um she goes home and crunches on some adderall and gummy bears and does her homework until she gets news from her perfect sister that she just got engaged to Daniel, the med student with the world's biggest fucking diamond. Um, Her sister is really nice and perfect and has a full law scholarship and says, wedding's in five months. You're going to help me plan it. Plan a bachelorette party. We got to go dress shopping. And Christina's like, yay. So excited about all of this. I don't have enough on my plate. I might as well do this also. Sounds great. Also, don't forget that her sister is waiting till marriage. Yes, her sister is also a virgin. 
who can like she can like play the piano. She got a full ride to law school. She's a virgin. Her parents love her sister Alexis much more than they love her. She masturbates the thought of Patrick saying humiliating things to her. And then she calls him with two minutes to spare. 12.58 p.m. calls him and says, uh, yeah, we'll do this. And then they masturbate on the phone together. It's very nice. So their schedule is Monday. She goes to his house at 1015 because she has student government before then. So she'll be a little bit late. Uh, Wednesday, it's 10. And then Friday, it's at 1130. So she can go out a little bit with her friends before she goes over there. But no drinking because he will not have sex with her if she is drunk. He doesn't drink and he doesn't want her being drunk when they have sex. I love the schedule thing. I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. good. I love this. I love that we have a set calendar date. This is great. I could absolutely plan my life around this. He was originally, he said 10 p.m. on each of these nights. And she's like, well, Monday I have student government and it ends at 10. So I'm not gonna be able to get there until 10, 15. And he's like, okay, fine. And she's like, and Fridays, I want to go out with my friends. (laughs) So I'm not going to get there until 1130. And he's like, fucking great, fine, 1130. (laughs) It does sound very convenient. Mm -hmm. And I do like structure. So that's good. (laughs) There's a whole spreadsheet. Yeah, they talk a little bit about how he has no problem fucking her on her period. But if she's uncomfortable with that, they can reschedule. So they'll do like double dates the, the week after if she's uncomfortable with the whole period thing. But he's fine fucking her on her period. Doesn't care. Um, and the other part of the deal is that she gets breakfast every morning. She has to make her breakfast. Amazing. What a good so deal. Good. <laughs> it's really, really good. She's making out like a bandit. <laughs> but she is not being paid minimum wage. Maybe we just didn't factor in the room and board she's also getting. <laughs> That's true. She does get to stay at his house three nights a week. She gets three free meals. Yeah. Can you put a price on the most amazing orgasm you've ever had? I had no other income. Yes. <laughs> is it more than a hundred dollars yes monday rolls around christina goes to all of her classes monday is when she has student government she sees her stupid ex dexter who also is at student government um he stops to talk to her he's like hey sweetheart like touching her shoulders and she's like we're not together and he's like i thought we were just taking a break and she's like yeah i think that should be permanent because you or annoying and you can't make me come so go away um he invites her to a show his band is having compliments her blah 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 says that he's really worried about her um she was like drinking a lot partying like wasn't in her right mind when they broke up like she should really reconsider and she's like go go away gotta go um so yeah she gets to the fret house and they're all like it's cookie girl cookie girl's here to see James and she's like I'm actually not here to see James I'm here to see Patrick and they're like ooh ooh Patrick he like is a solid dude but like he's never been the same since he's got back from Rome he used to be a whole different person but after he got back from Rome he's a whole different man what happened in Rome what happened in Rome what happened in Rome (laughs) wouldn't you like to know before we get into what happened in Rome I just want to note that these two fucking idiots never came up with a plan for what they were going to tell people instead of I'm paying you for sex three nights a week. And it it had to be clear that she was going to run into other people in the goddamn frat house. I think they assumed that people would just think that they were fucking. Like they should have just said that. Like, yeah, we're just fucking. Yeah, we're fucking. We're fucking. The whole drama half of this book could have been avoided if they just went, oh, we're fuck buddies. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. 
Um, yeah, she goes up to his room. They talk about their majors. His major is econ. Um, hers is marketing. She's all twitchy from the Adderall, but she lies to him and says that she's not on, on anything because he's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And she's like, nothing. Totally normal. Definitely not on a bunch of speed right now. Uh, she asks him about Rome and he very much does not want to talk about that uh, or the painting of the woman in his room that he did when he was there. He's like, don't want to talk about that either. We're not talking about either of those things. Take your pants off. He really likes that she's embarrassed about her body. She got a little bit chubbier and like it's a little like, oh, like I'm a little soft around the edges. And he's like, oh, you embarrassed about that? I like that. Well, we'll pinchy little baby fat around the corners here. I like that. He's like, ooh, cannon fodder that's going to get me off later. She also gets really embarrassed um, having to touch herself in front of other people. She's like, yeah, I can't come that way if like someone's watching. And he's like, oh, we're doing that then. You're going to masturbate right now. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, yeah, makes her masturbate. He makes her beg. He calls her a whore, uh, eats her out. She fucking comes so much comes so much that she uses the safe word and she's like i just need like a hot minute to like collect myself because there's a lot happening in my body and brain right now and he's very respectful he's like oh what did something hurt are you okay she's like no no just you're making me like come all night and he's like it's been 10 minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then he flips her over and they fuck and she uh, needs his cum so bad. She actually says out loud, I need your cum. And he's like, holy shit, that's so hot. Uh, and after a uh, brief conversation where she gets a little upset that he wants her to get tested because he was fucking Dexter, who he refers to as the lizard. <laughs> um, they decided they're both going to get tested because she's on a pill. And so they don't have to use condoms anymore. And she can have all of the cum she wants. That is both unfair to lizards but also uh, very hot. I was very turned on by that. I was like, oh yeah, girl. Um, they snuggle up together and go to sleep. She's keeping all of the money in her drawer. Um, she likes to feel it and look at it and know that it's there and know that she is not spending it. She can like look at it every day in her little heart-shaped box um, that she keeps in her desk um, next to, oh, I forgot. She has um, a little napkin that Patrick at their first meeting at the frat house in november he wrote a little napkin after he met her that said little lies and like slipped it into her pocket and she kept it and it's in her drawer isn't she just is keeping her money in a box in her drawer mm-hmm. doesn't she have bills that she needs to be paying it's all the um like the money that she's not so all of her like savings so she's she paying her utilities keeping and stuff. her savings in a box in a drawer i'm assuming that well this will be an Deonta, issue we'll see why that <laughs> yeah. will be an issue okay. later yes you Bad. should not keep hundreds of dollars in a desk drawer Bad no. news bears. yeah so she is keeping all her money in a drawer she is redoing a bunch of her projects from the last semester she got a bunch of d's um and some of her professors are letting her redo assignments to try and bring the grades up and she is crunching through some adderall at an alarming rate which is really concerning marcus She goes to a study group where when she shows up, everyone hassles her because she didn't bring snacks. All these people are the worst. I hate They say, what do you mean you didn't bring snacks? You're the girl who brings snacks. And she's like, I like can't, like I'm trying to save money. And they're like, are you even Christina? What do you mean you're trying to save money? And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Oh, they only like her because she brought snacks. It's that's pathetic. the saddest thing I've, of it's all so the pathetic. books we've read. This is genuinely the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Um, so they hassle her about the snacks and then Dexter hassles her about going to his stupid show. He says that he wrote a song for her and she's like, I don't care. Um, she calls Patrick, um, because they are set to meet and she's on her period and she asks him not to use that in his like dirty talk for sex. She's like, I'm on my period. Like we can still have sex if you want, but like, please don't like bring that up as like a humiliation thing. Like it'll really bother me. And she like gets overwhelmed and like starts crying. (laughs) And he's like, are you okay? And she's like, not really. Can I come over? (laughs) So he fucks her the, I guess the Patrick way of sweet and gentle, um, where he like whispers sweet nothings and doesn't let her come for hours and hours. And he puts a towel down. Yes. He puts a towel down. He fucks her for hours and hours without letting her come. And then when he finally does let her come, he tells her that she has to be completely silent. Because he enjoys the sound of silence. Yes. Ah, yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple days later, she goes to a party with her shithead trio of girlfriends who I hate. Uh, she is dressed all sexy in a little halter top and no bra. Um, she gets there and she sees Patrick across the room talking to another girl. So she gets on the dance floor and lets some gross dudes slobber all over her and dance up on her and kiss her neck and stuff. And Patrick gets so fucking angry, as you can imagine. Um, he interrupts it and all of her girlfriends are like, oh, it's Patrick. And Sydney introduces herself to Patrick and is like, hey, Christina, can you go get us drinks? Can you like go grab some stuff for us? I'm out. And Patrick's like, can we get out of here? I fucking hate these people. <laughs> Uh, so he gets them out of there. Yeah, Sydney's like the worst person in the entire world. And her like her, her like backstory at the end, I like didn't care. I was like, you suck so hard. I don't care that you're sad too. So yeah, they go back to his place. They're both super jealous. Um, he rightfully says that Sydney sucks and takes advantage of her all the time and that she is not a real friend and shouldn't hang out with her. He's uh, he's also like, was it not obvious that Sydney was trying to flirt with me when she told yeah. you to go get drinks? He's like, what the fuck? We're clearly, even though mm-hmm. we're not, we're clearly together, but we're not, but we're clearly together. And she tried to flirt with me. Yeah, she tried to send you away to get drinks so that she could flirt with me. Fuck is wrong with that person? So he makes her tell him the real reason she quit cheering. Um, And as punishment for the whole dance floor thing, he gives her three options. Option one is he can ignore her the entire night. Um, She has to stay in his room. He's not going to touch her. He's not going to have anything to do with her. There is a second option, which he didn't tell her what that is. And then there's option three. She can leave and go home and go back to her apartment. So she picks two, which is he closes all the blinds, turns out the light and fucks her in complete darkness. And she is terrified of the dark, but she is really, she's like really scared, but like turned on because she's scared. And he's like, I'm like here with you in the dark. Like, like you're afraid he like fucks her through it. She's determined not to say her safe word. And they both get off on her being afraid. And she like becomes more um, like comfortable in the dark uh she sucks his dick a bit that's one way to do exposure therapy i guess exactly just orgasm at what you're afraid of what an amazing therapy like we're just gonna work in those like uh victorian doctors you know magical vibrating machine (laughs) 
curing your female hysteria through orgasms and therapy like that? Basically what I am doing. So it's fine. (laughs) Pavlov yourself into getting horny every time you have a traumatic experience. She sucks his dick a little bit. They fuck and he makes her say that she belongs to him and that she's never going to do that again on the dance floor. And then he plays The Sound of Silence and uh, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, all that kind of fun stuff. It's his favorite song. He listened to it in Rome a lot because he can, he was really sad, but he's not telling her why he was sad in Rome. And then um, he talks about the darkness and how you can always depend on the darkness and the darkness always comes. It's very um, dependable and whatever. And they lay together in the pitch black and they hold hands and fall asleep. When she gets home, she lays alone in the dark in her apartment and like does some like exposure therapy of her own. She like lays there and like realizes that the darkness isn't so bad. Like she feels a lot more comfortable in it. Like it feels like an embrace, she says. Her sister Alexis calls her on the phone. Um, They have a long conversation about how she's not dating Dexter anymore, about Daniel. Um, uh, Daniel is Alexis's fiance um, and wedding plans and stuff. And they make a plan to meet up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, And then we switch over to Patrick's point of view for a little while. I didn't know that was going to happen, even though at the, it was, we went so many chapters without switching that I forgot that it was a two person thing yeah I actually oh my god where is it because I wrote it down and I was like what the fuck we're on page 151 when their points of view (laughs) finally switch like I know it's a bit late for that but it's very helpful to me by the way as well to just know how far into the story we are which is currently not as far as I thought Nope. It's nope. very okay. long. We're almost halfway through-ish. Yeah, it, it was about 50-something percent through. Patrick is in his room, and he gets a call from a blocked number, and he picks it up, and it's the woman from Rome. Livia is her name. Lydia. Livia. 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 Like, sounds oh, Livia without the O. Oh, I hate her guts. <laughs> that sounds terrible. She's not great. Her. She calls him and like tries to get him to have phone sex with her, which is obviously not what he wants to do because he's very, I would say, traumatized from that entire relationship. She fucking chewed him and spit him out. It's where he got all of his kinks. Um, She was like really sadistic in how she liked to have sex, Um, like sadistic towards him to try and like make him have sex with her harder and meaner. So he goes out with the frat guys. Um, takes the scarf of hers that he still has and throws it in a dumpster. It's like, fucking hate her. Um, He goes to a bar with the frat guys and the bar reminds him of the bar in Rome where he met Livia. And then we flash back. (laughs) Um, Livia is older than him by like 10 years. So she's like in her early thirties. It's like super into like, humiliation kink stuff he was obsessed with her for months he moved in with her he didn't talk to his friends or family she paid for everything he like cut himself off from everyone except for her um she wanted harder rougher angrier sex all the time she would bring home friends and make him fuck them uh and then when he got tired of that and didn't want to do that anymore and was like i only want to have sex with you uh she fucked somebody else hoping that it would make him really angry 
and have angrier sex with her. So she just kept being more and more awful to him in the hopes that he would take it out on her sexually because that's what she was into. And the whole reason why I texted Amanda, because I was like, this is literally the exact same traumatic backstory as the guy from Not My Type, where he meets a kinky cougar and she does everything in her power to like be too mean, but sexy (laughs) to him. Another book I didn't read. Yeah, it's carbon (laughs) copy backstory. (laughs) And in my notes, I'm like, this male backstory is starting to sound like the typical female backstory of like being raped and like having an abusive relationship a whole bunch i'm like did we find the male equivalent cougars abuse you emotionally so they got into a big fight about her fucking someone else and he's flipped out and smashed up her apartment and left and when he came back she had changed the locks So his last two months during his semester in Rome were spent in like a one room hovel drinking himself half to death, um, which is why he doesn't drink anymore. He listened to the sound of silence a hundred times a day (laughs) and drank in a dark room. (laughs) That sounds, I know it's supposed to sound like really sad or whatever, but I'm like, that sounds about right. Yeah, Yeah, like that's about what you should be doing. Do that for two months and then. You know, move on, sort of. There is part of me too that's also like, did he go to school? Did he finish that? The whole reason he was there was like a student program uh, to like finish that semester out. So I'm like real curious if any of his professors were like, brah, you can't stay in Italy if you're not actually going to attend classes. I mean, he's graduating this year, so I assume he did. He probably showed up a lot of those classes in uh, when you when they do the broad stuff is like we're going to go to this outside place and talk about history blah 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 you can do that drunk or hungover really mm-hmm. if you need to good mix of both yeah you're also in rome you know when drinks in, all, the, all around everywhere when in rome be plastered yeah. be plastered eat pizza that's what we did when we when i went to rome when i was 16 <laughs> For our class trip. He comes back home um, and thinks that he is done with all of that, that all of those humiliation kink demons could be put aside and he could go back to normal. And then he sees Christina and he's like, gotta have her. Perfect. My new favorite phrase is humiliation kink demons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, oh boy, he sounds like he's a guy with uh, maybe some hyper like obsession issues he should probably watch out for um but he like sees her and he's like she is perfect she is trying so hard and trying to buy affection and i bet you she would love to be the other half of this um and he was right so the band at the bar is christina's ex-boyfriend's dexter's band who he is the lead singer of um and he is singing that new song that he wrote for christina and it's not flattering. Is it like, is it one of those things where the lyrics are like in in the text? Or is it just like, he sang a song. It was not flattering. No, but it starts, well, kind of. It starts out being like, like, I loved you. And then, you know, we, everything was great. And then you started doing all that Adderall. And then you started being, you started letting yourself go. <laughs> and then you started doing I was really worried about you. Now you're just dust in the wind. <laughs> First off, loved the lyrics were not in there because that's always cringe. 
but that's uh, all that's yeah, that's what yeah. I was asking. I, I did highlight the paragraph from Patrick's point of view that describes what the song is about. The song's called like Good Luck Charm. And it, and he says the lyrics went from sappy to personal and uncomfortable. The good luck charm was drinking more, passed out on the floor, pushing away the people she cared about in a downward spiral. All when he only wanted the best for her. I saw Christina blinking in embarrassment and annoyance. Then realizing people were looking at her, she pasted on a smile, pretending everything was cool and bobbed her head to the music. So here's the thing. I don't think he is necessarily describing a, like describing it wrong because it sounds like everything I know about this girl, high on Adderall, trying too hard, drunk all the time, is definitely what she was and who she was i can't imagine for dexter that he was like i was trying to do something with this girl but she was a fucking hot mess Uh, but he should have written this song five years later not while he was still in college seeing her yeah no he's not wrong but horrifically embarrassing yeah now is not the time for this song this song is no. later. This is a later song. In a room full of people who know exactly who the song is exactly. about. And also, she's there. When you are in a dive bar in Chicago, trying to get this thing off the ground, then you can sing this song. Now is not the time for this song. I'm going to tell you a secret, Deonta. Dexter's kind of a piece of shit. Oh, I'm sure everybody's a piece <laughs> of shit. But I'm saying the description does not sound incorrect. In this particular situation. The worst part is that like a handful of the people who are a piece of shit, one, Dexter, two, her parents are like actually right about parts of her life. And that just feels worse. Like her parents were right about like, you should not hang out with Sydney because she's a piece of shit. Um, So just like, yeah, her parents are also a piece of shit, but like they were, they were right about that. And then Dexter who's a piece of shit for reasons we'll get to uh, that song. You're just like, that's super embarrassing, but also he's not wrong. He's not wrong. So she gets really upset, obviously runs out. Um, Patrick goes to uh, follow her. And before he does, he takes off his expensive watch, which I'm assuming is some kind of Rolex. Um, it's a watch that he's been wearing that Livia gave him takes it off and he gives it to james he says i don't want this anymore this is yours um he runs out i don't know why not he's the closest one there's in a bar and he like hands him a rolex he's like here i don't want this and like runs out of the bar after christina um he runs outside and watches her um be upset down the street instead of running after her because he doesn't want to uh change the dynamic of their relationship in that moment and Sydney comes out too um, and tries to talk to him. And he basically tells Sydney to fuck off. He's like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I would like to end this conversation. He goes home. And at 1130 sharp, uh, Christina walks into 
his room and immediately tries to like start fucking. She's upset and she needs to fuck about it. Uh, and he fucks her while giving her all kinds of compliments, telling her how beautiful she is um, and how perfect she is. And she gets really upset thinking that he's doing like the mean humiliation thing. She's like, can you not like try to humiliate me by calling me beautiful? Like it's a really sensitive subject. And he's like, that's not why I'm doing this. Like, I think that you're really pretty. This is kind of sad. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to humiliate you. You are beautiful. And then as they're having sex, he makes her say that she's beautiful over and over again and that she is worth every penny. More therapy. More therapy. So much therapy. Mm -hmm. And it works, too. Um, and afterwards, there's a whole bunch of stuff about her feeling guilty about not being there for her sister. But she is there for her sister. She like does so much for everybody. And if she can't do like one little thing, she feels really guilty. Like she's letting a bunch of people down. And Patrick's like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> this is not normal behavior. You have no reason to be guilty at all. Uh, she then goes dress shopping with Alexis for her wedding dress. Uh, and she's all smiley and giddy thinking about Patrick, thinking that she's beautiful. And then her parents call her and shame her for everything in her life about her breaking up with Dexter because he's the best she's ever going to get. She's never going to get anybody else. Um, and she still hasn't sent them uh, her grades from last semester. Uh, so she's got to do that. They don't understand why colleges don't send home grades because they're paying for her to live there. So they should know everything about her life. And colleges have no legal obligation to your parents because you're a fucking adult when you're there also yep. they are that's legally what, not allowed to share anything about she, you with your parents legally. that's what she says she says i'm an adult and they say you're only an adult because we pay for you we made you we made your life and we're going to tell you what we want to tell you whether you like it or not and she's like i'm really sorry i love you please love me back and i'm like yeah, send she, us your grades yeah she needs to <laughs> she needs to get out of there they're like, nah, dog, grades, no love. I also, actually wrote, she should go no contact at this point. <laughs> I, my first thought was, it's not that hard to fake a transcript. <laughs> if you're just sending your parents these grades, just be like, here, got all A's, goodbye. You know, <laughs> they don't, they don't, they don't need to know. They don't know. Literally no one will ever tell them. Dexter would. Dexter sucks. Dexter's a piece of shit. So she uh, pays for her sister's lunch, which makes her feel really good. She uses uh, some of the 20s that she made from Patrick. She does have one 20 that she always keeps with her that he wrote very small, you are beautiful on. And she keeps it with him, with her. And she doesn't spend that one because no one's ever told her that she's beautiful before. So sad. <laughs> what a waste of 20 bucks. She's never going to spend it. <laughs> Uh, she makes a plan with her sister to get together one weekend, but their schedules are really shitty, um, but they'll figure it out. And then it's Valentine's Day. She goes out for a Valentine's Day with her trio of shitty friends. And then she emails her grades to her parents from last semester, which I think are two D's and a C. She uh, is freaking out because Patrick texted her and said that he wants her to wear her cheer uniform over there. And she's like, I don't fit into my cheer uniform anymore. And he's like, yes, that is absolutely the point. Put that bad boy on and you're going to walk across the quad and you're going to come over here in that tiny little thing that you can't zip up. It's going to be so good. <laughs> uh, and before she could get over there, her mom calls about the grades. 
threatens to stop paying for school. Uh, she said she doesn't understand. She raised two daughters. One of them is so good. And why can't Christina be more like her sister? Why can't she get her shit together? What is wrong with her? And Christina is like, I wish I could be better, but I can't. I'm sorry. Oh, sad. <laughs> she doesn't have a single good interaction with her mother the entire time yeah there's never like uh like a telling her mom off and like getting redeemed or her mom realizing that she's been awful to her there's no like saving grace for the mom either like the closest nope. we get to a good trait is that she was right that sydney's a piece of shit but also yeah. super wrong about Dexter because she's like Dexter's the fucking shit uh and not a piece of shit which is what he really was yes. can't so wait to hear on. everything that's wrong with Dexter oh just you wait so she puts on her cheerleading uniform that's too small she puts on a raincoat to cover it up and runs over to his place two hours early after she texted him and begged to come over early because she had to see him she was very upset uh, he loves that she is embarrassed about that uniform. Um, and he talks about her sister a lot during the sex scene about how if her sister was in this room, she would wish that she was Christina, that Christina um, has a better life than she does. And that would be, that her sister would be jealous of her and all of this stuff. And she'd fucking come so hard. It's on the surface embarrassing. But like reading that again, I'm like, this is like a little bit embarrassing powering almost because she's like yeah. your sister does everything your parents say uh <laughs> never does anything for herself won't even have sex because she's like super religious she's like and look at you you get to like slack off he's like you're enjoying like as many orgasms as you can fucking handle he's like you have a better life it's your sister who should be jealous of fucking you because you get to fuck my giant dick and come real hard. Your sister wishes she could come like Your this. Your sister wishes she could have orgasms. And she can't. But you can. Uh, and for Valentine's Day, she gives him a napkin that she wrote big truths on. Because in the beginning, he gave her the little napkin that says little lies. And uh, in return, he really quickly draws her all like naked and flushed. He's like a really good artist. He like draws her all like sexy and open and gives it to her as a present. He draws her like one of his French girls or Italian mm -hmm. girls. <laughs> Sydney starts running again, getting her life back on track a little bit. Um, and she runs near cheer practice and is like, hey guys, how are you? And they're like, we miss you. We miss you so much. They want her back so bad. Uh, and she's like, no, like I can't. I can't do that. It's like too hard. I've got too much going on. Um, she needs to pull bees in all of her classes this year. Um, we have another great sex scene um, where he makes her crawl across the floor and pick up dollar bills until she gets to his dick and she sucks it. He says that uh, he made her crawl for money to remind her why she's here. But I think it's to remind him why she's here because they are both catching feelings because they're both stupid. One of the cheerleaders breaks her ankle real hard and they need Christina to fill in. Um, so she does, she starts practicing and then it's the big game day. She wakes up ready to go. She doesn't feel well. She's got a headache, feel a little drowsy, but she's like, I'm not gonna let everybody down. I'm gonna be there. And while they are doing a stunt where she is holding up uh, Sydney in the air, she looks at the cheerleader next to her and says, I am going to pass out. <laughs> and then she does. 
and she drops Sydney and passes out on the ground. And Sydney's pissed. And Patrick, who is there watching her, runs down and picks her up off the floor. And is like, I got this. Don't worry. I'll take care of her. I'll, I'll bring her to wherever she needs to go. So he puts his sweater on her and picks her up and puts her in the car. She pukes out of his car and he's like, that's fine. Just don't get any on the sweater. <laughs> he takes her to the school medic where they meet his ex Jess, who is very nice and uh, was more familiar with pre-Rome Patrick, who was very, a sweet, nice boy who wasn't very into sex. Yeah, but he wasn't good in bed. He wasn't good in bed because he was not going to humiliate sweet Jessica because he didn't know he liked that yet. So she is dehydrated. She's all hopped up on Adderall, which is this is where um, Patrick finds out that she's all hopped up on Adderall that she doesn't have a prescription for. She's not super pleased about. Um, she has to drink a bunch of apple juice before she's allowed to leave. <laughs> and then uh, he drives her back to her house and they uh, he breaks his rule of not going to her place at her insistence that he come inside. He helps her get dressed. They talk about the Adderall and how it is a problem. Um, and she tells him all about her big bad wolf fantasy from high school about how it was like a school play or something she was watching and there was like a big bad wolf character and she was like wouldn't it be sexy if he just like pulled you into the darkness backstage and just like took you only because i know deonta will appreciate this the school play that she's watching is into the woods where she gets real horny for the big bad wolf <laughs> where the big bad wolf is basically like a child predator and it's really obvious that he's yeah. like she's like oh, a pedophile growling. So <laughs> like that whole song is just like this man's a pedophile. That's the whole song he sings. Yeah, she loves the name that of way. the song. This man's a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> My girl's messed up. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That that thing started early. That's wrong. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> they yeah lay in bed together. Um, talk about Rome. They talk about Dexter. Like talk about their lives basically. Um, and he falls asleep next to her. The next morning, her fall is big school news. Everyone's talking about the cheerleader who passed out in front of everybody. It's really sad. Uh, and we actually meet Amelia for the first time, her roommate. She like walks into the kitchen and Amelia's there. And she's like, fuck, hi, <laughs> what are you doing here in our home? Chapter 18, she talks to Marcus a bunch. She, tell, she tells him about the companion thing. Like she like opens up to Marcus and is like, yeah, I'm having sex for money. And he's like, fucking get it, girl. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. He's like, oh, yeah, you got like some old ass sugar daddy? Sick. Sick, sick, sick. Yeah. Um, and then we switch over to Patrick's point of view. He goes home. Deonta, you thought he was rich. He goes home to his broken down shithole house uh, that is dirty and disgusting. The roof is leaking. His dad is dead inside. He doesn't get up off of his recliner ever. He barely looks oh, at Patrick okay. when he he's gets dead there. On the inside. He's not dead, dead on the, the inside. House. Okay. No, dead I'm on the sorry. Side. <laughs> His it's soul like, oh, is broken. Home and his house is dead. Dead. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> that would have been. That would be different. funny if you just <laughs> in the middle of this story is just a bloated corpse we didn't know was coming. <laughs> I loved that. What a twist that would actually turns into a crime scene investigation no um his dad is dead inside his own soul 
Um, his youngest brother is like in his dirty room drinking monsters and playing video games. He's like 15. And then the 18 year old brother um, is out getting arrested for vandalism. And Patrick has to go bail him out and spend his week's worth of Christina money uh, to get his brother out of jail. And he's pissed about it. Um, he fights with his brother a ton um, about how like he was different. He like disappeared when he was in Rome. He never called. And then he comes back with like all this money um, and like tries to control the brother's lives, like leaves the money. And he's like, hey, you can't be doing this. I can't be bailing you out of jail. And the brother's like, why do you even care? It's, it's like a whole big family drama shit. And no one talks about mom. Spirit fingers. No one talks about mom. Yes, she is Bruno. We do not talk about mom. Okay. Um. He is trying to ignore all these sweet texts from Christina that she's sending. Like, hey, I miss you. Like, I usually see you tonight, but I'm not seeing you tonight. And like, what are you up to? <laughs> miss you. Um, and he gives in and they have phone sex. Also, uh, um, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Oh, yeah, it's his birthday. She's like, I thought I heard it was your birthday. Happy. I want happy to text birthday. you to say happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm going to miss you. Give you whatever you want for your birthday. Hey. That's so sad. <laughs> That's so that's so that's real pathetic that's sad oh boy two weeks till graduation there's a huge quad party that dexter's stupid band is playing um she has like some fake ass convo with sydney who she runs into for like the first time in a while because they're like not speaking um and dexter is trying to talk to her and she uses marcus to get away from him she's like marcus my very good friend walk with me walk with me get me away from this fucking guy uh she gets introduced to marcus's girlfriend who is her roommate, Amelia. She didn't know. She thought Amelia's boyfriend was fake because she had never met him and she never talked about him. She was just never home. It turns out it's Marcus. I love that. Like, low-key, I fucking love that. So she's like sitting on a blanket on the quad with them and then Jess um, walks by and she's like, come sit with us. So they all sit down and smoke something. I don't know what they smoke. Marcus has some kind of mystery cigarette that makes everyone high, but it's not weed. It's like some... PCP or some shit. Yeah, if it's if it's not weed, then the only answer is it's stronger and worse for you. That's the only I answer. I guess. They get like pleasantly high though. Like no one's it's not like crystal meth or something. I don't know what it is. But I think that she's like, oh, I don't know what this is. Like it feels nice, but she would know if it's weed. She's never smoked you know? weed. She's only ever taken lots of Adderall. That's the only maybe. Maybe only she's smoking Adderall. She only does uppers, not downers. So Patrick shows up, they hang out for a bit on the blanket and then they leave and have like some almost semi-public sex, like against a tree, like sort of like off the quad, like really like sexy. Um, There's lots of dirty talk um, and he talks in the dirty talk about paying her Um, like, oh, like you're a whore, like you're doing this for money, like she's getting off on it. Um, And he says, um, even though I can't afford you, like I can't give this up. And she's like, what does that mean? You can't afford me. Why can't you afford me? That's interesting. Um, they're getting all hot and heavy. And then he gets a phone call and like looks down and bails. Um, it's his younger brother, basically, who calls him and says, mom called and she wants to see us. And they like fight about it. Like she wants them. He, they want him to pay for plane tickets or something for them to go see mom because she can't afford it. But she wants them to come see her because she's leaving the country. Everyone's parents are terrible in this. Uh, Christina leaves her sex tree, um, and on her way to the bathroom, she runs into Dexter, who saw and heard them against the tree. And he threatens to tell everyone that she is getting paid 
to have sex with Patrick. And he's going to ruin her life by telling the whole school that she is a whore. See, this is where I'm like, this whole dumbass blackmail-ish plot could have been avoided if these two dickheads were like, no, that's just our kink. Like, it's just our kink. Yeah. It's 2022. How dare you kink shame us, you stupid motherfucker? Like, if they literally just leaned into it and went, like, oh, yeah, our kink is humiliation and throw money at each other, and we're two consenting adults having sex, and this is our kinky life. Like, fuck you. I feel like the whole drama half of this book could have totally been avoided by making some other asshole feel embarrassed about suddenly learning too much about someone else's sex life because that's a surefire way to shut down a conversation with someone is to just be a little bit too tmi to the point where they're like whoa 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 this is a thing where i will forgive them their youthful ignorance Mm because i feel like that's the kind of thing you maybe learn just a little bit later into your 20s and i'm not necessarily meaning the open but with, with, i mean like the like strategies to shut a motherfucker down oh, kind fair, of thing okay, fair enough like i feel yeah. like they just haven't learned it yet you know they need more life experience so yeah he says he's gonna tell everyone and ruin her life and also he fucked sydney before they broke up and she's like are you fucking kidding me he's like no nope. shit mm-hmm. patrick shows up and is like get the fuck away from her before i beat you into the ground you weaselly little lizard man so they go back to his place her place i forget um and they fuck and he says i can't pay you anymore um we're gonna have to figure out what to do like i'm gonna need a few days to see if we can continue doing this and she like gets all upset and she says that she wants him not the money but he's already asleep she like whispers like i don't care about the money i just want you but he's snoring it's really sad she goes to her study group where she runs into Dexter again, who threatens her again with, I'm going to fucking tell everyone. And she's like, no one will even like know who I am. And he's like, oh, you're the cheerleader who fell in front of everybody. If they find out that that girl is getting paid for sex, everyone is going to know exactly who you are. Um, she gets a text from her parents about the dress that she bought for her sister's wedding. Um, her mom telling her that it was really too expensive for her to buy. And also she needs to lose more weight. Uh, if she wants to wear that to the wedding. Like, if you want to look good in this dress, you really have to lose another five to six pounds. The worst! They are the worst people! At this point, Sydney has three grand in her little savings box in her desk. Don't have three grand in your desk? Good God. Mm-hmm. She gets a phone call from her sister's fiance, um, who tries to his he's like trying to figure out like a weekend getaway for those two, like trying to connect with her more because they're long distance. Um, And she's like, why do you not know what my sister likes? Like, you don't know where my sister wants to go. Like, you don't know what to buy my sister. Like, aren't you engaged? Don't you people know each other? Uh, It's like a whole weird situation. And then she goes on a run and she runs into Pat and she says that she just wants him. She doesn't want money. And he brings her back to her room and he fucks her. She's all dirty from the run and the rain. We're free. We're free. And then he's like, oh, I can't fuck you for free. He gets like big feelings and is like, we cannot do this. Like, I can't. He says something like, I can't have her look at me and thinking that I'm a great guy when I know that I'm not. And he like shuts it down. He's like, no more fucking without money. I'll fuck you tomorrow and I'll pay you. And she flips out. She's like, why are you being such a fucking asshole right now? Like, I just want to fuck you. Why do you have to ruin this? 
I guess he goes home and then she follows him and goes to his room and he won't open the door. So she slips a note under saying like, we don't have to do this anymore. I just want you. I don't want the money. And she's like saying that through the door. Like, I don't want money from you. I don't care about your money. I just want you. And the other frat boys over here. And they're like, so it is true. Like everyone's talking about how he was paying you for sex and it's fucking true. You're using our frat house like a brothel. Like you're fucking prostituting yourself in our house. You can't fucking do that. Get out. And she's all upset because everyone's being mean to her. So she leaves, but her friend James catches up to her and is like, hey, everyone knows because Dexter uh, actually took a video of that interaction that you guys had uh, and posted it. So the video of um, Patrick, like them, like having like a semi-public, like feel up and talking about getting paid for it. um, He posted it online and the whole school has seen it now. So Pat, so Dexter posted some revenge porn, basically. Um, And she's like, like shuffling through the school, like with her hood up and can like hear people talking. Like, did you hear about that cheerleader who's like prostituting herself on um, like on campus? Like cheer that girl's paying for sex. Like that cheerleader who fell is like getting paid for sex. And she's like, (laughs) like trying to like hide her face and like scuttle. She goes to Marcus's home first, but he's not there. She like needs someone to talk to and like somewhere to go. Um, but he's not there. So she goes home. And when she gets there, her sister is standing outside her door in the rain, looking upset. Her sister can't take her perfect life either. Too much is expected of her. She has too much on her plate. She's not ready to marry this guy. She doesn't want to do law school anymore. Everyone is looking at her to be perfect and wonderful all of the time. And she's going to fucking break Um, And they walk into her apartment to get her sister cleaned up because she's been in the rain and she's cold. She's been waiting there. They walk in and the place is trashed. Uh, Alexis had opened her bedroom window. It's like a thing with Patrick. He like doesn't like enclosed spaces like he feels trapped in other like he always has his window open. Um, So she opened the window for him and she didn't close it. And someone trashed her room. They took her money. Uh, and they wrote whore on her bathroom mirror. Was it Dexter? We'll see. Um, she tells her sister about everything. Um, uh, the sister doesn't want to go through the wedding. Um, and they wish that they could change places with each other. Her sister is having just as hard of a time as she is with the expectations that everyone has. She tells her about getting paid for sex. Um, and her sister is like, that's not enough money. That's less than minimum wage. Uh, you should be making more. I cannot believe you're doing a hundred dollars for a night. That's crazy. I don't even have sex. And I know that's not enough. They hear a knock at the door. They think it's the police, but they open it and it's Patrick. They're like, we'd fucking need you. Look at this. Look at what has happened. And he's fucking so angry that someone would do that to Christina. And he's also really angry that she kept all of her money in a box in her desk. He's like, what the fuck do you mean? You had all of the money in cash. And she's like, I just like to touch it and like know that I had done this. I worked really hard for it. And I just wanted to like look at it and touch it and know that I'd done something good. A couple of 20s with the rest of the goddamn bank. (laughs) (laughs) Or 
a better hiding spot at least uh, at least like cut it a hole in your mattress or something <laughs> loosen a floorboard or something jesus christ <laughs> they go right to dexter's house and knock on the door and dexter's like in his underwear with like wet hair he's like hey guys and they like push their way in and dexter's like i will fucking rock you to death for what you did to Christina. We know it was you. You have a key. And he was like, I did not. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. I swear. Um, so it wasn't him, but they stand over him and make him watch him delete all of the videos. So everywhere that he posted it, they deleted it off his computer and everything. And Patrick calls Marcus and says, hey, someone broke into Christina's place, stole his money, stole all of the Adderall. So let us know if someone comes to you to sell you back Adderall. Because that's probably... Who did very it. smart. Uh, very smart, but also, um, honey, I wish that's how the internet worked. That you could just... <laughs> now it's yeah, there for us. Delete delete it, it is oh, there. Come on. So Patrick goes to um, basically do detective work, I guess. And the two sisters go back to their apartment where they have like a long conversation. Um, they clean up her apartment and they hear a phone ringing and it's Patrick's phone. He left it there accidentally and... Christina answers it and it's his brother Nick who tells her the whole story about their mom Patrick when he was I guess 17 or 18 walked in on his mom cheating on his dad and decided that at the dinner table that night was a good time to confront her about it uh his youngest brother was 11 years old at the time so was, that's why his dad is dead inside and why his mom left and never came back. I mean, it's um, his mom's fault, but that that's not a good moment. No. Nope. Um, but his brother's like crying and like he's all upset about like Patrick, like, you know, him not being honest with people, not being honest with them um, and like hiding himself basically since he came back from Rome. Like they don't know anything about him anymore. And then we find out who the culprit is. Do you want to guess who it is, Deonta? Is it my favorite Sydney? character? It's fucking Sydney. It's, it's fucking Sydney. Sydney. Bitch. <laughs> Hate her. She's like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's just a prank. We pull pranks all the time. And I was like, I will throttle you. I was borrowing the money. It's fine. There's like a whole sob story about how, like, no one ever looks at Sydney and, like, how no one ever does anything for her and, like, everyone likes everyone else better than her. And I mean, Christina has, was like, I literally paid for everything for you for two years. What do you mean I don't care about you? Have these two people ever tried just something in the middle? Just don't be a fucking bitch and don't be a fucking doormat. Oh, boy. Nope. But yeah, no one ever put Sydney first, which is why she broke into her best friend's apartment, stole all of her money and called her a whore and fucked her boyfriend. Don't Before forget that. about the fucking about the that. boyfriend. That's true. So she says she's so sorry. There's a big sob story about her. No one ever puts her first. And Christina's like, I don't care. Give me my money back. There's $40 short because Sydney spent $40. And Christina's like, I don't want the $40 back. Like, you're forgiven. This is my money. Get out of my apartment. We're done. Like, it's fine. Um, and when she's leaving, she asks Sydney if she's ever put herself first. And Sydney says, like, is like crying and is like, no. And Christina's like, maybe you should put yourself first sometimes. Fuck her. Fuck Sydney. Stop being so nice to everyone, Christina. How also, about that? that is 100% incorrect. She has been putting her... You don't you don't break into somebody's house and steal all of their money because you're putting someone else first. Yeah. 
they caught her because Sydney went to Marcus to sell the Adderall, just like we thought. So Patrick, Sydney, Marcus, and Amelia all show up together. And then Sydney gets fucking kicked out. They're like, leave. Um, so everyone is there. This is where Marcus is like, we can get you off Adderall. Like, we can't cold turkey you because finals are coming up, but we're going to get through finals and then we'll make a plan to, like, wean you off of it, basically. Um, her sister calls her fiancé and, like, works everything out. It's like, we're going to get to know each other better and see if we really do want to get married. Um, and it's also going to help. She's also going to help um, Christina get an internship for next year because she was too fucking partying and her life was falling apart so she didn't get any internships um and she makes a statement about how in the beginning her apartment was cold and dark and empty and now at the end her apartment is warm and full of people who care about her her and patrick have a come to jesus meeting about the fact that they love each other and they're gonna do this for real because they're stupid and he's gonna go see his mom because it's a thing that he should do and then they have anal and it's pretty good Oh, they close with anal. They close with anal. It's a pretty good anal scene. They they teased it beforehand, though. They, like, teased it a couple of times where he's like, oh, my God. He had a thumb in there a couple of times before, I think, in some of the other sex scenes. poised there, and she's like, oh. And he's like, psych, into your pussy. (laughs) The epilogue is the sister's wedding, which no one cares about. It was, though, like two years later or something like that. A year later. A year later. still together. Yes, but, you know, they, she didn't just immediately marry a person. Yeah, that too. Like, they were originally planning the wedding for five months, and then they clearly pushed that back. And then now, uh, you know, Patrick and Christina are, like, cool. Like, actually, you know, dating each other like healthy people. That's nice. Yep. I mean, to be fair, their relationship throughout didn't, other than maybe like towards the end when they were having their little tiff about the money situation, they seemed fine, the two of them. Like they were having yeah. a fulfilling sexual relationship. They were being really nice to each other and like basically doing boyfriend, girlfriend things the whole time. Yeah, like, they like weren't going on dates and stuff, but like they yeah, were having like, like good passionate sex and then falling asleep in each other's arms yeah, and eating breakfast he was together the breakfast next day. And having therapy sessions. Having therapy sessions. He was sex. saving her when she fell during, you know, cheerleading practice. Yep. Like like they seemed fine. Yeah. <laughs> they were not the issue. It was everybody else. No, it was everybody else in her life. It was who were terrible. Um, they were terrible. Those were terrible people. I think of all of the books that we've read, at least this season, I have highlighted the most things. I did not highlight the most things. Um, But that's an entire, you know, that's like an organizational thing. Because the books that I host, I highlight a lot more so that when I'm writing out the plot, I have got like plot points I can reference. But this is one of the books where um, I like was like into it enough that I forgot to highlight some things. Mm -hmm, Uh, That's good. Yeah. And uh, definitely, uh, you know, fucked it out with my husband at some point. Humiliation, praise kink is a thing in our home. Uh, So this was very on point. So there was a lot of pausing. There was a lot of marital pausing in this 
As it should be. Marital pausing. (laughs) Got some good tricks and tips in here. (laughs) Do you have any quotes that you do want to share with the class? Of fucking course I do. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's see. Oh, one one of my like favorite kind of funny ones. And this is not at all something I'm into, but in the scene where Christina's like crying about her parents and stuff like that, Patrick is trying to understand what's happening. And he goes, are you trying to tell me something, Christina? Because if it pushes your buttons like the right way to call me daddy, I'll go there if you want me to. <laughs> funny. Yeah. She's like, no, that's, that's not, not it. <laughs> And I just love that he's like, do you want me to call you daddy? I don't Or do you want to call me daddy? I don't understand. Uh, uh, But I've got a nice long paragraph here. This one's towards the end of the book, but I can't forget what's it. Or um, I can't remember what sex scene. But it's from Patrick's point of view. And he says, you know what I'm thinking about, sweetheart? At the pet name, she let out a shaky breath. I'm thinking about tying you up, coming all over that soft, sweet body, over and over, while I tease your greedy little cunt. I'd enjoy seeing you struggle to handle that much mess when you couldn't do a thing about it. My cum dripping down your tight nipples, your tummy, your hungry pussy, your pretty face. All that long, dark hair that you put so much time into getting to look just right, all covered in my cum, everywhere, making you as mine, mine. I was like, what's that? Nice. I like that. Um, I have one from where he makes her masturbate in front of him. And she's like, I can't do that. That's much too embarrassing. And he's like, oh, that is the point. Um, he says, come and I'll touch you. Show me how much you need it. Squeeze my cock and look at me while you get off. I can't. Coming for an audience was too exposed, too vulnerable. I'm right on the edge. You're trying so hard to keep it together, he said softly, but you won't, Christina. You're going to come while I watch, spread open for my pleasure, rubbing your little clit because you're mine. Don't play to win. His hand gripped my thigh, urging it further open. Play to lose. I sobbed and arched upward, locked in a long spasm. That's a good girl, Patrick crooned. I I clutched his cock as I came, staring into wide open blue space, his growls of fuck yes, spurring me on. Nice. Very nice. Oh, I like when, um, uh, whatchamacallit, where he makes her like come a bunch by like playing with her and fingering her. And then he's like, I hoped you could behave for me, Christina. Now I need to clean your pussy up because you can't control your slutty little desires. And then she's like, the fuck you talking about? And then he like dives down and goes down on her uh, and like makes her come again with his mouth. And I'm like, I love that. I love how into it he got where he's like, you're so filthy. However, we're going to clean you up. I'll just going to use my mouth. And she's like, what? Oh, <laughs> love that. I don't know what sexy in this is, but it's from Patrick's uh, point of view. She let out a cry, her arms and legs winding around me. I took her slowly, savoring her. Her eyes closed as I whispered more compliments into her neck as I pulled up her hips to go deeper. Her pussy was so responsive, so hungry for the attention I gave it, tight and rippling. I roughened my thrust. I wanted her to feel it until the next time I fucked her. Yeah, I had that one in there too. I I really like that you guys keep 
prefacing with, I don't know which sex scene this is. <laughs> Because that means there's like a bunch of them and they're there really are, good. There were you know? a shitload of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually liked this book. It's in some of my yeah. top for this season, which took me by surprise. Because honestly, Amanda, that premise, I was like, I'm gonna have a lot of problems with this. But I really liked it. Yeah, uh-huh. I will probably just read this anyway. Now that I, you know, I'll, I'll try to take it's the also, actual time it's, to read it. It's like well written too. Like the pacing yeah. is pretty good. Like it's it's an actual book, which is why I it's so will long. at least look up all of the sex scenes, and then I'll skip all of the everybody hates everybody. Everybody's terrible. Yeah, yeah you stuff. skip that shit. But... I'll just read all the sex stuff. I got one more yeah. I really liked, and this is this is during the um, Big Bad Wolf, Little Red Riding Hood fantasy that he has her play out, and it's from Christina's point of view, and she says. Pinned to the floor, I felt an elbow in my back. Thickness slid into my pussy from behind. Fingers taking and invading, filling my molten heat. Cold steel pressed against my lips. His ring. I gasped with need as he pinched my swollen clit. He slapped my ass and thighs, the pain waking me up. I sobbed when he fucked me, hungry and careless. Tears spilled down my cheeks as I surrendered and came. It was bliss. After he found release, his mouth met my ear, his cock still inside me. How was your first time? I shuddered when he withdrew, easing his weight off my back. It was heaven. But that's the one where I'm like, I wish there was more to this sex scene. We kind of glazed over this one a bit. Um, I have one more that is actually from the anal scene. I really liked it. Um, so sweet and innocent, he said. He squeezed my thighs, digging greedy fingers into my rounded cheeks. His cock was slippery, silky, and so big. Fuck, you're burning hot. For you, I whimpered, working my hands between my crotch and the pillow, seeking my swollen bud. Shh, baby, he crooned. Just rub your little clit. You know I'll take care of you. We've both been hungry for so long. I've been wanting to eat you up, but you're devouring me too. I felt submissive. Very submissive. Underneath Patrick, my ass tilted up, his rigid cock half buried inside me. Every stroke was so strange, burning and pleasurable now. I'm almost there, I said. I can't. As long as it takes, he whispered. Nice. I like this book. It Mm -hmm. sounds like a good book. It sounds like a really good book. I have very much enjoyed listening (laughs) and and guessing. Overall, how... What did this make you ladies? Obviously, this is for me just going off of listening to it. And so I will just say it's like a regular amount of girl come. Just like a regular amount. Just like a not like a whole not river. A, it's not a whole river. It's not like, oh, I need more lube extra to like get things going. It's just like good, good amount doing well yeah i'm a full river full river of girl come i'm the the french riviera of girl come <laughs> i can't think of any uh rivers in italy so <laughs> not very good at geography uh i would i'm the uh then the uh tiber river uh, because that one does go through rome there you go <laughs> girl come uh but i i i had wet as a river of girl come and then i'm like I'm definitely not the only one who's going to highlight that. So then my backup was a bowl of jungle juice at a frat party. <laughs> just 
like a deep <laughs> hell yeah deep Ooh. bowl of uh, just a random mix of juice and alcohol i love it okay ladies would you like to play a game of would you rather yes Only please me <laughs> Let's see now. Would you rather have your biggest fear used during kinky sex, like Christina had the lights turned out on her because she was afraid of the dark, or your biggest humiliation used during sex, uh, like how Patrick used the fact that she had gained weight or how she felt about her sister? Um during sex which which would you prefer fear or humiliation so here's the thing if you ask me what my greatest fear is then i've i've asked to ask you like physical fear or existential fear physical fear is bees and i don't want any bees anywhere <laughs> near me at any point <laughs> are you telling me that you've never had bee sex where you are in a room and you release a bunch of bees and you have to have if- sex without being stung I've never had bee sex, and I've I feel like I shouldn't start. I've read bee porn before, though, before I realized. Yes, so have I. Was, yeah. I, uh, I re- remember one of the goblin, one of the, in the Goblin Tower series, I think, was, like, about bees, and I was like, nope, or, like, wasps, <laughs> nope, nope. So, yeah, and then, but my greatest existential fear uh, is my parents dying, and I feel like I don't want that either. So humiliation it is, although I can't from the top of my head think of what that would be. But I'm sure there's some some horrible thing that I did or, you know, that'll that'll make me cringe once I'm reminded of it at some point. But the other two things, um, no. So thank you. I want to say fear. Because it's not into humiliation. But my fears are spider crickets, which I don't want those to be involved at all, and my husband dying, and I don't want that to be involved at all. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so maybe I'll go with humiliation. Maybe we're too old for this, because I feel like in your early 20s, your fears are more <laughs> physical-based, like the bees or the spider crickets. But now we've reached points in adulthood where, like, my biggest fear is, like, never having uh, enough money where I could potentially, like, retire or my husband dying or... yeah. Or like becoming my mother. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Jesus yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like I don't. I don't want that. Like I forgot about that one. <laughs> it sounds sexy on the surface. Uh, Hers is darkness. That's fine. Yeah. I'd be. Yeah. I like, would do a medium fear. Yeah. If it was, a if my fear, fear of height was, if, if it was like a fear of heights or something, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. fuck me at the top of a tall building. That's fine. We'll yeah. do that. I can do that. You know what? I really hate airplanes, even though I'm on them all the time. I've never had sex on an airplane. I wouldn't mind doing oh, that. So if better. we're going medium fear, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I would do a medium fear. Medium. Yeah, I would do a medium fear. <laughs> One more. How yeah. um would you rather kink or uh would you rather question? Would you rather have the mean kink or like the money kink? And I mean, like the sorry, the mean and money kink where you like kind of get rubbed down with the 20s and he's like, yeah, you're such like a good little whore. You want me to put a price on the way you come or 
the mean and like weird sibling shit kink where he's like, oh, uh, you know, they will never be the same good little slut you are basking in these Money. like perfect orgasms. Money. Please don't talk. First of all, I don't have a sister. So that would. I, I know like that. That's why I said If sibling. we did talk about my brother, that would be a no thank you. I just told my brother, I thought my brother knew about this podcast and we were having dinner yesterday and I was like, oh, I'm on my podcast. And he was like, what? So he hasn't listened to this podcast yet. So he was like, send me the link. And I'm like, we'll no. think about it. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. I don't want to think about my, like, I know he, my brother's had sex because he has children, but I don't ever want to think about it otherwise. So thanks. Money, please. Money, please. Um, I also do money. I do. I have two sisters and I'm not interested in anything having to do with them also like a i don't know slut for money sounds kind of fun like a also fun little role my play. parents my parents love me so like <laughs> i don't i don't need to be in competition with my brother you know so yeah i don't mind little little someone calling me a whore and rubbing money all over me that sounds kind of fun do i get to keep the money also do i get to keep the money sure okay Excellent. money money thank yeah. you i do the money as well i have a pair of shoes i would like to buy hmm. i need to remulch my backyard very expensive yeah so let's see do i have any other would you rathers i have like my rough draft sheet which says things like sex on your period or complete silence while coming i don't mind sex on my period personally doesn't matter to me i feel like complete silence while you're coming can be sexy in in a in a situation like that where it's like you're not allowed to make any noise i feel like that's a thing i know yeah. mm-hmm. i both are fine this is one of those where i'm like Ew. yeah it's fine i think the silence come completely silently yeah yeah is is hotter like that that's yeah. like a hotter game. Although honestly, for me, while I'm on my period is when I feel the least sexy. Uh, and and my husband's yeah. wonderful. And he's like, I don't mind. And I'm like, no, it's not like the, it's not the blood. It's the fact that I am in pain and fatigued and bloated right now. Yeah. Um, I don't feel sexy. It is kind of gross. And I, it is when I am at my horniest, which is really very sad. Uh, is is life as a as a as a woman not just constantly disappointing your own body? I mean, like, sorry, constantly disappointing your own body. It wants yep. things, and you can't. You're not giving it to them. You're just like, sorry, sorry not girl. getting a baby. You can yeah. try all you want. And it's, it's like next, next month. Next, it's like you have an abusive relationship with your own body. <laughs> yep. Thanks for listening, kinky babes. And don't miss the Kinky Ladies Book Club season three finale coming your way next. If the Kinky Ladies turned you on, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our social media, Kinky Ladies Book Club on Facebook, Kinky Ladies Podcast on Instagram, and on Twitter at Kinky Ladies Pod. You can also email us at kinkyladiespodcast at gmail.com. But remember, we want book suggestions. Not dick pics.